Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hey, Gator Nation, welcome back. To the Respect Our Decision podcast, guys, thanks for sticking with us, man. We took a little week off last week to get, uh, you know, get our stuff together, kind of take a breather. Now we're back stronger than ever, guys. As always, I'm your boy, Hirsch. With me, CJ the Man McCann. What's up, guys? The Hype Man, Wes. What's good, Gator Nation? And, of course, guys, we have a brand new addition to the Respect Our Decision family, Little Miss uh, woman, the McCann. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, as CJ and his wife welcomed the beautiful baby girl into the uh, into the world a few weeks back, as we've been telling you, CJ is back and better than ever. Guy, CJ, how's everything going at, on the home front? I'm Everybody doing great. I never thought I could I could function on this little sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, you'll learn. <laughs> More to come. I trust you. It will. It only goes downhill and uphill from here. But <laughs> great to hear, man. Glad everybody is home, healthy, happy. And we are back to business, guys. As always, go out, download us wherever you get your podcasts from. We're available on all major platforms. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Give us a big old like button below, man. Hit that like button. It helps us in the old YouTube algorithm more than you can possibly imagine. Um, there you go, Mr. Shannon. And hit that notification bell so you get a notification each time we upload new content. And guys, starting this week, if you go to sign up for Florida Victorious, and we all need to be doing it, man, if you if you want to contribute to the success of Florida Athletics, I hate to be that guy. I know some of y'all are steadfast no on donating to, to NIL, and that's fine. That is your choice, and you're more than happy to make that. But if you're on that, you know, line about should you do it or not now is absolutely the time uh nate mavera was out there doing interviews again this week they did an interview uh for the um orlando sentinel talking about just how much they need more subscribers uh 2700 members versus 6000 you know as at Ole miss collective which is right now the gold standard they're starting the billboard campaign this week 
Uh, Florida Victorious will be on billboards throughout Florida. That was one of the, I believe, the surprises Nate was talking about in the interview that we had with him. But guys, go ahead. If you go to Florida Victorious and you go to sign up, use code DECISION and you'll get 20% off your first month's uh, sponsorship or your, your you know donation, whatever it may be across the board. All right, guys, let's jump right into it, man. Um, you know, there's not a whole, whole lot going on in the recruiting world right now, as we all know. I mean, it, it's, you know, junior days are hot and heavy. Been a lot of that going on, but um, not a whole, whole lot of news on the Florida front. Now, we do have a big commitment coming up uh, next week on the 18th. Offensive lineman Peyton Joseph is committing out of Georgia. As of right now, Florida is the favorite in that commit in that um, recruitment. This is a big time, you know, recruitment for Florida. Like we we talked about him before, he's a top 125 lineman in the country or player in the country. I shouldn't say lineman. People will think he's a he's a two star, something of that nature. No, this kid's out of Houston County, big time school in Florida. Florida, excuse me. I'm, I got to get back in the groove, guys, in Georgia high school football. Um, so, obviously, we need to go ahead and secure that kid's commitment. Now, I think we're all going to be kind of, you know, in a, in a show-me stance as far as recruiting goes this cycle. Obviously, we're going to have to see some wins on the football field or, or the recruiting commitments mean nothing. Um, you know, a lot of you know, you got to show me that you fool me once kind of situation going into this year. I know Wes is probably on that board as well. He he got all hyped up about his top five class last cycle to, to be a little let down. But um, Peyton Joseph is absolutely one to watch. Another one to watch, uh, Hilton Stubbs, safety out of Florida. Very close to committing to Florida on his last trip. I have a feeling this one will happen sooner than later. So, you know, good news out there on the Florida recruiting, you know, sites. But, you know, hey, it doesn't mean nothing if, if you don't get wins on the field. And, of course, that a lot of that's going to come down to coaching. And so that's what we're going to talk about next, guys. Obviously, a lot of uh, – I wouldn't say a lot of stuff happened while we were taking our little break last week, but some significant announcements were made. Um, we're going to start with that the four coaches that were retained by Billy Napier as announced, both offensive line coaches, Mike Peterson, and um, who am I forgetting, guys? Help me out here. Jaluke. Uh, Jaluke. Javar Jaluke. Yes, Coach Jaluke was retained as well. Obviously, I don't think any of us have any real problems with Jaluke or Mike Pete being retained. Obviously, though, when it comes to the offensive line coaches, everyone's got – an opinion about that um and the announcement that as of right now billy napier says he will be calling plays next year so i'm going to be the first to eat crow on that because i was absolutely told look for billy to hire an offensive coordinator uh one member of this podcast cj has said adamantly through this it's it's russ calloway until it's not so um I hate to I hate to say that CJ looks like he might be right in this stage, and and make no mistake about it, Russ Callaway, as of right now, looks like he's going to inherit a lot more responsibility next year. Um, but man, uh, Wes, I'm going to throw it to you first because I know how you feel about these these boys on the offensive line. What what is your feeling about this announcement about 
these coaches being retained? I mean, when we first heard it, I, I think when the, first, the press conference came out, and it, he was saying that those two guys were coming back to kind of, kind of put us in. Well, me, I was thinking, well, that means he's calling plays. I, if nobody's getting, if he's not getting rid of anybody, uh, he's going to be the one that was calling the plays. Um, the thing I can say, and I don't know, I don't know how to even put this. They have been underwhelming, but they have been a little average as far as the offensive line recruiting, especially if they get this this guy that coming in now it's just i don't it's the development is where i'm at uh we, we've had some guys some different guys in and out and i just want to see the development i mean I, last year was so horrible uh and they had it changed over as far as the, the guys that we have now and the guys that we had last year um this is their you can say the third group of guys they have coming in this year three for the staff as far as the offensive line you have some more guys come in Got to prove it on the field. I mean, to me, Napier is saying, I'm going down as the captain of the ship. I'm not turning the reins over to anybody else to let them go through this and, and cause me to lose my job. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to sink. I'm going to go down with my guys and my guys swinging. So um, to me, that's his mentality. I don't see it any other way. And I, I can't knock him from doing it. Um, but he has... I, I'm okay with it because it is what it is. We got to deal with it. We got to live through it, and it's going to be what it's going to be. So if that's his mentality that he's going to go down with his guys and his guys only, he's going to be calling the plays. Whether Callaway has some more involvement as far as prepping like money through, uh, not Monday. Well, hey, Monday. I think they have off day on Saturday, Sunday. Excuse me. So if it's Monday through Friday where he's doing all the prep walk, uh, prep work, excuse me, and then Napier's calling the uh, the game day, calling the plays, then. It is what it is. So it's going to be the last year. He's going to buy himself another year. CJ? Yeah, I think that's kind of where Napier is, is just the fact it's like, I'm going to do this my way if I, you know, lose my ass on it. You know, at least I, I don't have anybody to blame but but myself. Um, you know, and I kind of respect that to an extent. Um, and two, another thing we kind of talked about it off air, is it's really hard to convince an elite offensive mind to come be your offensive coordinator right now when there's no guarantee that he'll have a job after this season. Um, you know, when you, you look at it and you, you come in and the defense still isn't fixed, and we've seen before you can score 60 points but still lose because your defense isn't, you know, any better. Um, you know, I think that it's hard to entice somebody to come do that, even with the, the prospect of maybe coaching a guy like DJ Lagway uh, because, again, you know, you're looking at the situation of, I'm, you know, if, if this do, doesn't pan out, I, I'm going to be looking for another job. Um, you know, coaches don't typically, you know, like to just, you know, coach for a year and move. Uh, you know, it's part of coaching, but it's not something they would like to do. They would rather find a place and actually live for a few years and coach and do their job. Um, so I understand it. Um, you know, last year, too, we looked at a pretty piece together O-line with a bunch of guys that really weren't um, – Rob Sale or Stapleton's guys that they really coached. You're, you're talking about a bunch of guys that were mulling holdouts and some transfers, a guy playing out of position. Um, you know, you look at the year before, you know, your best offensive lineman was a guy that they had coached for three years. Um, now you're, you're in a situation where you have Austin Barber, who was banged up for most of the season. Kingsley and Gawkin, who was also banged up for most of the season. Um, Damian George playing out of position, um, you know, so it was just, uh, I, I, I don't think that, 
I don't think the pieces we had last year uh, were conducive to success for the offensive line. Um, so I think that at least, you know, if there's one silver lining to it, you can say, okay, the guys they have now, the the guys that they've recruited, the guys that they've brought in, and the guys that are here, they've worked with for two or three years. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe you see some some progress there. I mean, we saw some progress with certain guys. Uh, Jake Slaughter looked a lot better, uh, you know, towards the end of the season. He really came on and developed. Uh, you know, again, you know, we talk about Barber. Barber was a solid left tackle, just dealt with a lot of nagging injuries and things like that. So um, you just got to hope that maybe, you know, the working with Najee Harris and Rod Kearney and some of those guys has maybe panned out to the point where those guys are ready to play now, um, you know, and maybe you can make that testament to this is my coaching. This is what, what my offensive lineman actually look like. Um, you know, now that it, it is truly your offensive line, these are all your guys aside from, you know, Barber and Slaughter who were here, but weren't exactly, you know, they weren't, they were young when, when uh, Stale and Stapleton got here. So, um, you, you got some guys now. These are basically your players. This is your offensive line. There aren't any holdouts. There aren't any, you know, guys that you're, you know, not familiar with. We're not moving guys out of position. This is it. So if you want to get a good gauge of can Saylor and Stapleton do the job, this offensive line is definitely going to tell you that one way or the other. I'm, I'm part, I, you know, I kind of agree with you on that take. And I know it'll be, that's a hot take to sit here and say, you know, maybe Sale and Stapleton are getting a lot more heat than they deserve. Um, Coaching-wise, I kind of agree. Recruiting-wise, that's a whole different conversation. Um, you know, hey, we can have that one. Now, if they land, if you go out and you land Joseph next week and you start to show some some really solid recruiting on the offensive line, the cycle, okay, maybe we the conversation begins to turn. But at the end of the day, the on-field product is going to be the ultimate determination of what kind of coaches these guys are. Uh, like you said, the first year they were here, I don't believe anybody had any real – was the offensive line dominant? No. Were they better than the – obviously, they're better than the product we saw last season, but they were more of a strength. I mean, and that was with Kingsley not playing very well the year before. Um, and now he's getting an invite to the combine, much to Wesley's chagrin. <laughs> um, but no, all jokes aside, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you had Austin Barber who played her all season long at left tackle. Maybe he's much more suited to be a right tackle. You you had Kingsley get hurt early, not you know, so you had him and Slaughter back and forth. You just Mazuka was a enigma. I, I don't think his heart was ever here. I think he was just trying to play to get uh, get a check and get gone. I still and, wonder why he why we moved him to right guard as well. He was a left guard. I, that I, I you know the answer. Who knows? Um, maybe it had something to do with the army hurt. I, you know, I really can't answer that question. But like CJ said before, these guys have put kids at Louisiana into the NFL. They didn't forget how to coach an offensive line. Um, whether we think Rob Sale deserved it 
or not, he did get hired by the NFL team to come be their offensive line coach. These are things that don't just happen. Like, I mean, I know a, a lot of bad coaches get hired by the NFL. I mean, that's that's not <laughs> – we're not exactly throwing out some crazy nugget of information here. But the guy had a very good resume before he got to Florida on the whole. Then, you know, we had a pretty good first season. And then last season, it all fell apart. And then some of that, you have to wonder if it goes to our next topic, the strength and conditioning room. How much did that hurt the offensive line play? And I mean, I think anybody with two eyes can tell you, you know, both lines of scrimmage, we talked about it continuously on here, that both lines of scrimmage got pushed around every week. And, and some of that has to be attributed to the strength and conditioning program, which we replaced with Coach Fitzgerald, who now is on his way to Boston College to work with his good friend, Mr. O'Brien, who took the Boston College job last week. And then it was announced that Coach Fitz was heading on up there to take that job. Now, I understand there's a certain amount of outrage on this from A, he just took the job. It's it's very unprofessional to, to then leave and go to another job. You might, you know, that might have some merit. I, I completely understand that take. The other take is this isn't this is a this is a terrible look for Billy. It, it's it's indicative of where the program is and all that. So CJ, I'm gonna start with you. Do you think this that Coach Fitz leaving is a bad look for Billy Napier? Or is it simply a case of Bill O'Brien was one of his best friends and he left to take that job? I, I can make anything, you know, seem like a bad look for Billy Napier, but this isn't <laughs> Billy Napier's fault. Billy Napier isn't writing checks for these guys. He's he's asking, he offered the job. Obviously, Greg Fitzgerald took the job. He wanted to be here. It, you got to understand, too, with, with strength and conditioning coaches, most of the time they follow, they, they get one coach and they stick with them. That's just how they 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 operate. Bill O'Brien, Craig Fitzgerald was his, his strength and conditioning coach at Penn State. He was his strength and conditioning coach at the Houston Texans. Uh, they know each other very well. Craig Fitzgerald is from the area. Um, you know, it just it just makes sense for him to go. Um, there's not as much pressure on Craig Fitzgerald. Uh, you know, as far as you know, if you if you look at the job at Boston College. Boston College could go two and ten next year, and Bill O'Brien would still have a job the year after. Um, it's it's just that's where they're at as a program, as opposed to where we're at. As we're in our third year of a coaching change, they're in their first year of a coaching change. Um, so you, you you get to go back home, um, you get a more secure place. You know you know you know you're at least going to be there for two years. Um, I get it, I understand it, and I don't think there's an indictment on Billy. I don't I don't think that that's in at all. I think it's just a lot of a lot of really good stuff for Craig Fitzgerald happened at the right time for him. Uh, I think that's that's the the big thing. This is just a whole blend of perfect ingredients that really made it hard for him not to go to Boston College. Um, I think it is what it is. Uh, is it unprofessional? Sure. Um, when the last time coached college coaches cared about professionalism? Never. Right, and, I mean, it, <laughs> Mark Rick. It, it is what it is. It's a job. <laughs> There's no loyalty. I heard it 
years ago, your your coach, you know, whatever team you coach, um, for the most part, if a better offer ever comes along, he could say how much he loves your your colors and your tradition and your mascot and your town. But if a better offer comes along, it's a job, it's a business. He's going to leave and take it. It is what it is. That's just how that's how it works. Um, you know, so it is what it is. I, I I don't like it. I would rather have him. I thought he was doing a pretty good job from what little bit I could see. It seemed like the players were responding well to him. Um, they really believed in what he was doing in his programs and such. So, you know, I don't think it's a positive thing for us, but I also don't believe that this is just some indictment on the Florida program. Oh, look how far Florida's fallen. We're losing strength and conditioning coaches to Boston College and da 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 whatever. It, it just – every situation is different. Um, you know, you could say, oh, I'm making excuses. They're not excuses. They're reasons. You know, we, we can – you know, we can go back and forth about this all day, but it just is what it is. The guy got a job. He felt it was a better opportunity for him. Felt it was a better opportunity for his family. Um and he took it. I can't blame him. Uh, we're going to have to figure out what the what the plan is going forward. Um, you definitely don't want to see Hop get back in that position. Then then I really will be upset. But, um, you know, hey, hey, you know, it is what it is. Things happen. We're just going to have to move on and regroup and f- figure it out from here. You know, uh, one can't grieve forever. Um, I was going to – I had a point, and it, and it slipped my mind there for a second because I wanted to – take it to West, but I was going to, Oh, I, I know, I know what it was. And real quick, West, before I throw it to you, and this might be something that you can speak on on your points as well. You know, I've heard, I've seen a lot of outrage out there about, well, we're Florida and that's Boston college. You don't go from Florida to Boston college guys. And I, I hate to say this and maybe I'll catch some flack for it, but right now, Valentine's day, 2024, the Florida Gator name is not holding that kind of water right now. You know, you're on the back of multiple losing seasons. It's just, does that suck to say out loud? Absolutely. Is it reality right now? Yes. Unfortunately, it is. Um, Now, like CJ said to his point, he can go up there with Coach O'Brien and he doesn't have to worry about his job next year. Like he will here if Florida doesn't win. Like we were just talking about, you know, bringing an OC or somebody like that. You know, you'd have to worry about your Am I going to have a job next year? I mean, and that's the whole department, <laughs> you know, the whole football, all the football coaching staff. Wes, uh, what are your thoughts on this situation? Yeah, I'm not going to be long on it. You guys kind of basically covered everything. It's not an indictment of Florida. It's an indictment of Billy Napier. And this is that I'm just taking the other side of it. Just to take the other side of it. Is his initial hire. We have all said over and over and over again, the strength and conditioning coach is probably the most important position positional coach uh if you're a defense if you're a defensive minded coach then probably maybe your offense coordinator but in hindsight not in hindsight but in um conjunction this you guys understand what i'm saying that is the one of the top three if not the most important position because they spend all the time with the players he's another saw, head coach basically exactly we saw the players fatigue down the stretch we saw the, the players uh get whipped in the trenches um we really didn't want to see the prior guy go and this is where it all goes back to. That was not Mullen's problem. Mullen's problem was recruiting. It wasn't that the guys weren't SEC ready. And and he asked that guy to take a demotion and stay on staff under this guy who didn't know half of the shit he knew. 
So this is where it's an indictment on Billy Napier, not indictment on the University of Florida. As we've told, as you guys just mentioned about the offensive coordinator, coordinator spot, you, it's hard to get a league guy to come here and thinking that, okay, Billy's going to be out maybe at the end of the year if we don't win. So it's the same is indicative of the strength and conditioning coach. Oh, I got a great 20-year-plus relationship with Bill O'Brien. I'm going there with him, with a guy that I've been loyal to, work with, knows what his plan would be good, even though Florida is a better university. If, if Billy Napier was 10-1, and 10 and I was 10, yeah, 10 and 1, 10 and 2, 11 and 3, whatever the last couple of years, he may not leave, even with that loyalty to uh Bill O'Brien. But because of the circumstance that Billy has put his put his put himself in, the way he has to bet on himself, now he needs to hurry up and get a guy in here immediately because whatever the guy that that uh whatever Fitzgerald was doing was working. The players seemed to love it. The energy was back in the building. So we can't lag on this like we were lag on some other stuff that we wanted to happen earlier. He needs to hurry up and get this in. This is an important time. And uh, I remember we used to uh, go over when uh, uh, when it was the Florida, uh, not Florida, excuse me, the Valentine's Day massacre where they had this hell of a workout today. That's what I remember all the stuff hearing about how the players were throwing up and how hard it was mm -hmm. on today's date. And so that's this is important right now. What's going on in the program? This is an important day. This can't be put off. And I don't want the previous guy, like CJ said, is going to piss me off even more. Uh, the previous guy is back in charge. Unless that guy left him a blueprint and said, hey, go on this. You need to go on this. This is what I had laid out already. Uh, it, it doesn't even have to be hot. Uh, Fitzgerald could give it to maybe somebody else and say, hey, this this, this is the plan I have for the next couple that, of weeks. That's going to be my next point is, yeah. is who's, who's taking this, who I think is actually taking this over. Yeah, um, so – but that's where I'm at, man. I'm, After I doing a little bit of, of asking around and some research and, and, and reading some things, I believe what you're going to see right now is um, Tyler Mills is probably going to take the job, and he is already in the room. He's, the, um, he's listed as the director of player athletic development right now. And, you know, we've got all these crazy, funky names and titles on things. But this is a guy who's got a resume in strength and conditioning. He was – Strength assistant strength and conditioning coach at Duke. He was assistant strength and conditioning coach at Miami. He's he's had many stops of being a strength and conditioning coach. Um, but I believe what you're saying is it. They're on a program. Fitzgerald has laid that blueprint of how you know. I'm sure that was laid out to his coaches when he came in. Look, here's here's our you know blueprint for doing this. So this is what we're gonna do. You don't bring in a guy, you're five weeks into strength and conditioning training. You don't bring in a guy with a whole new program. Exactly. You just undo everything you've been doing for five weeks. And and, um, and also, you also have um, Jake Sankel that you just brought in, who is also not only the nutritionist, but has a background in strength and conditioning. So, I believe him and Fitzgerald had a plan together, and now you're seeing exactly. Obviously, Mills stepped maybe into Fitzgerald's spot, and these two guys still kind of running the same plan. Um, word has been that that kids really um, the kid the kids really like Coach Miles. <sighs> so hey, maybe that's obviously. I mean, it's very early, and no official announcement has been made in any capacity, but. I believe that's what you're going to see. The plan being is you stay in house. If nothing else, 
through the rest of this cycle because you just don't want to, you know, and, and then observe it, see how it goes, see, check the, you know, barometer of how the kids are, are reacting to it and then go from there. I, it, it's a, it's a terrible situation to fall into when it yeah. happens. There's no sugarcoating that whatsoever. It, it, it sucks that it happened when it did. Um, you know, but then you have to ask yourself if we were Alabama, if we were Georgia or if we we're LSU right now, is this guy leaving? Even though Bill O'Brien is his longtime friend, probably not. But like we said, there, there comes a little bit of job security and the guy is from that part of the country, like CJ alluded to. His wife's from, like, New York. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, when and these kinds of things don't happen. At the end of the day, win football games, get Florida back to the level of respect that they that were noted for, and these aren't things you're worrying about right now. But here we are. Now, that's going to bring us to our main point of the show, because why was the Boston College head coaching position open? <laughs> because Boston College, you know, uh, head coach went to go be uh, the defensive coordinator of CJ's Packers. <laughs> and that brings us to what we really want to talk about is the, the new era of college football, the NIL era of college football. And is it a sustainable situation. Scott Van Pelt on ESPN talked about this a few weeks back. And if you can find that segment, I, I urge you to go look it up. I'll try to find it and see if I can put it in the description of the video. Um, it's a very short segment, but he made some really good points. And this was before Chip Kelly left UCLA to go take the Ohio State offensive coordinator in the position. And a lot of people will say, well, they were probably going to fire Chip anyway. Maybe they were. Maybe they were. But still, in no day and age do I remember a coach at a university like UCLA going to take an offensive coordinator job at another school. But here's the thing. If you're the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, you're not having to worry about kids coming to your office at the end of the season saying, I need my NIL raised, or I'm hitting the road. The offensive coordinator, usually, you know, the offensive and defensive coordinator doesn't usually have to worry about all that kind of stuff. That's the head coaching job, or they go to the position coach. You know, the offensive defensive coordinator have maybe the easiest job on the staff as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, recruiting goes and dealing with kids and their demands. And that's where we're at right now. You saw the Boston College head coach go to be a coordinator in, in the NFL. Why? Because they're tired of it. They're tired of kids coming in. And look, I'm not going to be that guy that says, I don't think kids should be getting NIL money. I completely think they should. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Especially when you see the billion-dollar packages that these networks are signing with conferences and whatnot. I mean, these schools are getting millions and millions of dollars. I do believe these kids should get their piece of the pie. But it's completely unregulated, and it is completely out of control right now. And you're going to see, until some kind of structure comes of it, more and more of these coaches say, you know what? I'll take whatever I can get to get on out of here, you know, or or at least take less responsibility. If you're Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly's made tons of money coaching. Now, if he was smart with it, He's probably still going to be getting paid. I didn't see what the total was, but I'm sure it was very high in the millions to be offensive coordinator at Ohio State. And he's not, and he's got so much less of the worries. So, guys, I'm going to throw it open, you know, and we're going to talk about it just for a minute about, um, you know, what what do we think about this new landscape of college football and these coaches leaving to, to find an easier path, I guess I'll say it, or a lesser responsive, you know, a less worrisome path where they're not having to deal with kids continuously trying to re-up their values and, and, and there's no balance to the market. So CJ, I'll start with you. What do you think is, is possibly the answer for this to, to save this before it just completely snowballs down the hill? Uh, if you go back to one of our episodes last year, about this time, when Kerry Colbert left and he took the job with the Denver Broncos, we talked about it. I think we all were in agreement this is going to happen more frequently, where you're going to have coaches hit the door for the NFL uh, in the new college football landscape. And that was only the beginning. Now you're really starting to see it snowball. And I don't, I don't think that this is you know the end of it by any means. I think this is just the beginning. Um, why not? <laughs> like, I, I, there is no world where right now that I would desire to be the head coach of a college football program, especially not one that isn't as invested in dial as like uh, Georgia is or teams like that, that that are they're absolutely fully you know full bore. We're going to pay money and we're going to get the best team, um, you know. Otherwise, you know, and at that to that point, why not just go to the NFL at that point if I have an opportunity where that's how you play it. They have a legitimate free agency. You get the players you want. You pay them what you want within your cap. There's no reason for me to coach college football. Um, it just It's a headache. Uh, until there's some, some kind of regulation put in place to not only protect the players, but also protect the schools and protect these uh, NIL deals, these collectives, these coaches. There needs to be something that takes place where we we rein this thing in. You know, we can't just have the wild, wild west of, well, you know, we're just going to pay money and we're going to buy this kid, buy that kid, and then we're going to get that kid, then he's going to get mad and he's going to leave. So there goes our investment on him and he's done. And 
it just there's there's something has 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 to be changed. Uh, you know, the the NCAA had no interest in doing anything to to be proactive in this. They went to the Supreme Court, uh, fully believing the Supreme Court would turn this down, and they said no, this is wide open. And they just kind of threw it at the schools and said, good luck. Y'all figured out you wanted this. Here you go. Um, and that's what we're seeing now. Uh, it's just a wild, wild west. And, you know, people talk about all the time of, hey, uh, you know, well, they're only going to pay so much. And what I've learned in this process is a lot of other things. There's always somebody who's going to pay more than you. Uh, you know, there's always somebody who's willing to to whip out the checkbook and pay more than you are. Uh, and then you just start bidding wars uh, for kids. Um, and then you, you get them on campus and they ultimately flop. They're not good. So now you've had a bidding war for a kid that disappointed. Uh, and then you, you've got a lot of angry boosters and a lot of angry NIL collectives that are you know, paying money to get kids. And then those kids aren't very good or they pay money. They get kids. Those kids have a, you know, off year and they say, well, I want to, I want to leave. I'm going somewhere else. And then they go play for your rival after you've already paid them all this NIL deal. And, and you know, you're just, it's just, it's a lot. So to me, it's not enticing to be a college football coach at the moment. Um, I, I couldn't do it. I, I don't think that there's a, there's a world where that I wouldn't bolt for the NFL. I, I, I mean, honestly, I understand, you know, if it wasn't, I think if it wasn't for the love of their alma mater, you know, Kirby Smart would probably be a guy that could get a look and get out of here and go to the NFL. Um, you know, I've expected Ryan Day to hit the door uh, thus far. Jim Harbaugh's already gone. Uh, Jim Harbaugh said, I'm out. You know, he left his alma mater, the school he played for, to, to go hit the door and go back to the NFL. So I, I think that you're going to just see it more frequently. I, I don't think this is the end of it. I think from now on, and you know, you've got a guy like Lincoln Riley. There's, you know, Lincoln. Riley, if he can get that offense humming again, there's no reason to think that he can't get an NFL job. Um, but no, I, I think again, this is just the beginning of it. I don't think this is the end of it. I think it's only going to get worse um, until the NCAA says, "Okay, we're going to do something, um, and we're going to we're going to fix this. We're going to put rules in place. We're going to put stop gaps in place, um, and, and kind of help rein this thing in." Um, but right now, uh, on the horizon, it doesn't look like that's that's going to happen in the near future. So um, this is what we're going to have to deal with. Uh, the sport's just kind of on its head at the moment, and we're waiting for somebody to do something. You on mute, Hurst. Sorry about that, guys. Um, yeah, everything you said was right on point with, with my, my thinking as well. Wes, what are, what are your thoughts on this situation in what do you see kind of happening here long term? Uh, I, I think I kind of given my idea of, of, of just for the for our new fans, fans who recall, my suggestion is a kid has to stay two years, uh, regardless, unless his coach gets fired or his coach leaves. Uh, I think that restricts some of the movement of uh, players wanting, okay, they go to the situation, take whatever money they were getting it in, they bounce and go somewhere else. I feel like you, you're obligated to stay at that, that school for two years 
unless you know that if you go you transfer somewhere else you can't play the first year no exceptions unless you know the the previous things that they used to do like somebody your mother's sick or your father's sick something like that but you have to stay two years unless the coach leaves a coach gets fired something of that nature but uh to cj's point and, and you, as you uh, stated earlier it's not going to stop happening i mean this is some crazy crazy mess when you got two coaches <laughs> well the nfl one leaving boston college I, it's still weird but maybe you can say okay that's boston college he goes to green bay green bay has is an upcoming you know uh McFloor is not going anyway. They have a young quarterback. The defense got a bunch of first-round picks. You look at that situation and you like, okay, that's enticing. I don't have to deal with that's enticing. Look at Chip Kelly. I can see Chip. You kind of made some excuses for it. Too. I'll justify it even more. Uh, he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't have to recruit. That school recruits itself. They they are basically a running machine. Uh, same thing with Kirby. Uh, CJ was saying uh, the Kirby. I, I don't see Kirby is trying to break. Saban's, Kirby has a thing, I'm, uh, uh, something in front of him. I'm trying to break Nick Saban's record. Uh, everybody's leaving. Kirby's also, Kirby's also. I, that's I was God walking the earth in his town. <laughs> exactly, and and he has a all uh, already already running machine. His machine is already built and running. He doesn't have to do anything yeah. that some of these other kid coaches comes are doing. in there and says, "I want this or I'm leaving." He just says, "Okay, mm-hmm. next man Peace. up." Yeah, so he, he doesn't. <laughs> He has an all uh, a well oiled machine that's that's up and running and, and and going fine. So he doesn't have to leave. Uh, Ryan Day, I, I don't know. If he should. I think he missed this window a couple years ago when he had the quarterbacks back to back going. In. So he's now fighting uh, to 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 do. But Lincoln Riley, I agree with you, is another one that might bolt soon. Uh, his offense, even people say it was it wasn't as good as last year because the offensive line sucked or they had to score 50 points just to win a game. It wasn't the offense that was the problem. He can still leave. I don't know what's holding him uh, in college, but I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves soon. Uh, and that'll leave Kirby as king of the mountain for the next 60 years if nobody comes in and can challenge him. That That's the way it's going, <laughs> man. And uh, we have to – I don't know what kind of restrictions to put on it because uh, I'm not that smart. That's, I'm pretty sure there's some of people in Congress or wherever uh, that that can come up with some things, but I the, the one thing that I do love is uh, uh, as far as my idea is the two year rule. You have to stay two years unless your coach gets fired, your coach quit not quits but quits and goes somewhere else or uh, gets a, a you know a lateral job from if he leaves Boston College and come to Florida, something like that. That the, the kid can leave. <laughs> This is we use a Boston College today, but uh, that I, I I I understand if a kid can leave or the prior rules like if his mom is something sick back home and he's transferring back to a school closer to his home because of someone is sick. Those should be the only reasons. But uh, the other point that I, I and I'll leave with with this is is the free agency thing. Uh, not free agency thing. Remember when the NFL draft they would play? Remember Sam Bradford got that high ass salary as a rookie and the NFL said f that. There's nowhere we should be paying the guys that come in that hadn't played a down yet what the guys that have proven themselves in the league to get. That's what we are doing with the NIL. If uh, if Webb score, if Webb rushes, let's say my tri- no, I'm not gonna say that. Let's say Webb runs 1,500 yards next year and scores 15 touchdowns. And the five star, forget his name right now, the running back that's down in Louisiana that we're recruiting, he wants more and more than Webb. How do how do you how do you do that? 
You, I've seen this guy give me 20 touchdowns, run for 1,500 yards, and you want me to give you more than what he's already getting? It doesn't work that way, and that's the problem that these schools and these players are having. Unless you are Georgia, who's already has that machine running, you have to prove yourself. If you're not, you got, and to do that, you have to win. So I, I don't know how these coaches are going to do it. That's the problem these coaches are having. That's why they're saying, F it. I'm a, if I can get into the league, I'm going into the league because of that problem right there. I will say, too, I mean, I'm in the camp of I don't know how much it fixes, but, I mean, honestly, if these kids think they're good enough to hack it right out of high school and they want to go play for the play in the NFL and an NFL team will take them. Not what I, I'm all with, for it. with NIL right now. They don't have yeah, a reason to do that. They won't ever do it just for the because they got NIL it. right now. So, yeah, they got NIL so they don't have they can get paid and develop now. They won't – I don't think they'd ever allow that just because of the safety aspect because, yeah. you know, an 18-year-old kid out of high school, I don't care who you uh, – could could Baxter maybe – you know, Baxter might have been the closest. Adrian guy. Peterson probably was the only guy well, other I'm just than saying, Bo Jackson. You saw, yeah. you saw Cedric Baxter this year at Texas. Big, yeah, yeah. big body kid, uh, you know, ran like a freight train. Could a kid like that? Possibly, but guess what, I, man? I don't mean I. I think that there's plenty of those. I think Jeremiah Smith could go to the NFL right now. Oh, now, yeah. And wide receiver and, and is maybe. It's a I little think bit there's different. wide receivers, there's DBs. I think that there's kids. We've seen it for years in high school football with kids that were immediately like, okay, that guy could go play in the NFL. And, and it's I, not going to be a lot of them. It's not going to be all of them. And it, you even see it, you know, toned down kind of in college baseball. Now, you know, in college basketball, even, uh, you know, these kids are, they're, they're, you know, choosing college. I would just say that I would like to see the door open for them. If they are that good, they could just go to the NFL and we don't have to waste anybody's time. Um, you know, a guy like Jeremiah Smith could just head on right this, to the NFL, play in the league and, and is, be done with it. This is the problem with that. They're not Jeremiah Smith can play now. I will give you one year, and this is the reason why I say one year. Jeremiah Smith is not going. He's going. He's going to be a first round pick. He's not going to be a first round pick out of high school. They're going to pick him. Pick him in the first round out of high school, and that's the. And now he's messing a whole bunch of money where he can go to college for one or two years and then go to the NFL and be a first round pick. So you don't. They're not a first round. It's not like basketball or baseball. Where you gonna get picked in the first round as a high school player in the in uh in the NFL? That's never gonna happen. So because of that, you're gonna mess up so much of your money by getting picked in like the yeah, sixth. Yeah, because of that, because seven. of yeah. the salary yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, and, and you're, you're right. Gonna now, mess a lot of money up doing now the that, one yeah. thing NFL guys get that that college kids don't, and I mean, yes, name, image, and likeness is technically supposed to be, you know, <laughs> oh, well, I represent this item and that. NFL guys get endorsements that blow whatever, you know, college NIL is out of the water. But that's a whole different ballgame. Unless you're a Heisman Trophy winner or something like that, and you're in the you're in the Pepsi ad, you know, Dr. Pepper. and all that kind of – yeah, the Dr. Pepper ad, that's the one I was thinking about. Yeah. Yes, uh, Fansville stuff, the Caleb Williams and um, Heisman House stuff, all that. But um, I think one thing it's going to take, and I've and I keep hearing rumors that this is is something that's that's happening, is that like somebody's going to have to lead the charge. Whether that and and I think the SEC is one of those, but it's going to take a lot of people putting the, their egos to the side. Um, 
and saying, look, I don't maybe, you know, I want to be the best, but I don't want it to be the wild, wild west out here where what the, the model we're under now. Now, can the SEC come together and all say, well, you know, but we also got to remember this goes bigger than football at the end of the day. You know, basketball, baseball, all that are being affected. Um, but at the end of the day, the football drives the money. So can you get all the ADs from the SEC into a room and come up with a proposal and say, you know what, this is, we're laying the groundwork. This is what we're going to do for the SEC. I don't know if it's salary cap. I don't know what exactly it would entail. I just keep hearing that the commissioner of the SEC and the, and the, is talking to the ADs and they're all kind of like, look, we're kind of sick of this. I mean, at the end of the day, I believe that's 100% why Nick Saban retired when he did. Mm-hmm. He's he's done his thing. He's made his legacy. But he's not he's not washed as a coach. Let's be real here. <laughs> I mean, the man still recruits at the most elite of levels. He can still beat anybody on any given Saturday. He was just in the playoffs this year. Exactly. Beat Georgia, who had lost in two, two years. <laughs> I mean, Georgia had lost in two years. Man, you know that man strives for, for perfection. So you know it's got to be eating him up. Like, I'd rather have gone out on top. I would have rather won the championship and rode off into the sunset. Yep. But at the same time, man, I'm tired of dealing with this crap. I'm tired of just playing that whole season working my old ass off and then I've got to go do these exit meetings with players and they're like, well, coach, if I don't get X amount of dollars, I'm going to hit the portal and try my luck there after you've been recruiting them. And then that's every season. So where you used to recruit a kid once, now you're recruiting them two, three, four times on top of trying to recruit 25 kids for your incoming class. It is ridiculous. And it's, I know these coaches get paid astronomical amounts of money, and that's fine and dandy, but that's why you're seeing them say, you know what, maybe it's it's worth taking a little bit less for a quality of life improvement. <laughs> because I'm not trying to stress 18-year-olds telling me how much they're worth when, like you said, Wes, they've never played at a higher level. Can Jeremiah Smith, DJ Lagway say, hey, I, I like this amount? Yeah. Can the third string running back that that Loxley at Maryland said he came in and was asking for a hundred thousand dollars ask for that? That's crazy. I don't know who that kid is, but he ain't worth that. If you can't be the top running back at Maryland, you ain't, let's let's just call it what it is. Yeah. And all of crazy. these, it's happening. You're talking an eighty-five man roster doing that. Yeah. You also deal with these kids that have that have agents, and you've got and, and a lot of times too. They're not even really agents. They're, they're, they're your uncle. Agents. They're your they're yeah, your cousin. Yeah. You're they're your buddy, and they're like, no nah, man, you could get way more. And then they go in there, and now you've got a lot of kids that are in purgatory with the portal that are stuck there that won't ever get out. That probably <laughs> will never play college football again because they thought they could get more money somewhere else, and now they're just stuck. They had a chance. They could have played. They could have worked, stayed where they were, and they hit the door, and now they're stuck there because somebody gave them horrible advice. Yeah, they got to go to a smaller school. It's a horrible life teaching tool, too. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. That's not how life works in a, most of these kids. We know the percentages of kids that actually make it to the NFL 
and it's ridiculously small. But I, so I understand on one hand why they're trying to make money while they can. Like, yeah, get what you can while you can. But at the other hand, you know, <laughs> you're learning that, well, whenever something doesn't go my way, I just quit and go somewhere else and, and get an opportunity there, maybe for more or whatever, have you not. And if, if you're if you're not making an NFL, hey, you can't leave after one year in the NFL anyway. So you're shot out there. That's not how that works. And B, if you don't make it to the NFL, you got to go get a real job. You can't just, I mean, you can quit. But after a while, somebody's looking at your resume and going, well, you know, this guy ain't, ain't for us. He, he quits yeah, every this time. Guy's hit, yeah, this guy's hit the portal a whole bunch. I don't know. <laughs> This guy's been in the indeed, portal. indeed is the super portal. Yeah, indeed portal. <laughs> I'm on ZipRecruiter trying to find guys. Is, <laughs> is is indeed resume is is loaded with yeah. him hitting the portal too many times. Um, his portal value is is dropped. Now, so yeah. <laughs> there there absolutely has to be some kind of mass across the board changes and it's got to start with the ad's and the coaches they have to agree on it and and i think you're moving towards that a lot faster than i did even at this time last year um because it just seems like this thing has super accelerated into a whole nother level of craziness and i don't think the ncaa not the ncaa but i know you know if you're an ad at a school you're not real happy to see your coach kick off to go do something else just because you know, I don't want to put up with this. So at a certain point, ADs have got to be saying, look, we're having to renegotiate. We're having to get new contracts, new coaching searches all the time because we don't have a structure. So this is the time, man. Something's got to give. I hope that they use this offseason. I know Josh Pate and some others have been hinting around that there's something in the works. But until you actually hear breaking news, this is, you know, I know this is happening. It's all just hearsay. So, and I think, you know, as far as it affects the University of Florida, I think we've all said many a times if Billy Napier, who had been here four or five years ago, he'd be killing it from, especially from the recruiting aspect. But here we are. I mean, you're having to, you're, you're in a bidding war. And right now, Florida's, Florida's a little undergunned in the resource department, sadly to say it, but it is what it is. And part of that is you got to win ball games on the field to inspire confidence in guys to donate money. But it's that chicken and the egg thing that we've talked about before. You know, do wins happen? Do you have to have wins first or do you have to have boosters buy in first? Well, now you've blown their confidence because you're going into your three and you haven't had a winning record yet. So, anyway, well, Piers West had some. Uh, some technical issues on his end. It looks like his phone gave out on him. So we're going to go ahead and call it a night here on this episode, man. Um, hopefully we got some more Florida news to talk about next week. Be on the lookout. Me and CJ are about to sit down and record a preview episode of Around the Bases. We're going to have right. a weekly episode or, or at least try to make it weekly. We'll have to see how it how it plays out. Mm -hmm. But um an episode called Around the Bases where we're going to talk about the baseball team and, and how they're looking. But this week's episode is going to be a preview episode. Look for it to uh, release around Saturday. So 
look out for that. There will be no pod of the people this week. I think with us taking a week off, when I when I put the questionnaire out there, it caught some people off guard. We didn't have a lot of questions come in. So look out for that next week. This week, though, it'll just be the around the bases with me and CJ. CJ, you got anything to drop before we leave? Uh, no, I just want to send a uh, heartfelt thank you to everybody for all the, uh, the thoughts and prayers and the kind words uh, as, you know, it, uh, me and, for me and my family. Uh, it really meant a lot to me for you guys to say those things. Uh, I, I really appreciated it. Uh, it, was, it was a rough couple of weeks <laughs> for sure, uh, but w- we got through it. Um, I'm glad to be back. Also, too, check out our friends with uh, Alma Mater. Use our link. They've got all kinds of new stuff dropping. The baseball season is underway, so you're seeing all kinds of things getting added to the to the site there, baseball-related. I believe they've got new baseball jerseys coming out pretty soon, so hop on those. Those go, of course, fund the NIL uh, collective for each one of those athletes. Um, so so uh, check that out. Uh, as Hirsch mentioned earlier, use our code. Uh, what, what is our code? <laughs> For, for the Florida Victorious. Our code for Florida Victorious is DECISION, guys. If you go to floridavictorious.com and you're looking at being a monthly donor, a one-time donor, whatever it may be, or, um, I don't know how it works. I'm sorry with the one-time donation, but I know on the monthly, if you use code DECISION, you'll save 20% on your first month with Florida Victorious. Um, like I said, guys, I understand it's kind of a it's kind of hard to get inspired to do, to donate right now, not knowing the future of the program. But just remember, if Billy Napier is here or not here, this money is going to the athletes, not the coaches. So right. we want to keep those athletes, regardless of what happens in the football season. You know, this is what we, this is one of the things you have to do. And it's not just football. And I know I keep saying that, but I mean, obviously. You have a very good baseball team, and those boys are 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 getting their nil money in. Right, and so is the basketball team, which is you know six out of the last seven, you know, trending upwards. So yes, right, we're we're ten games above uh, five hundred in February for the for the first time since two thousand and seventeen. So uh, baseball, the basketball team is doing wonderful, doing much Great better now. They could just quit giving us cardiac moments in the last ten. They minutes just want to test game. our faith. I just want to see yeah. how good we are. Yeah. <laughs> also, too, uh, the Florida Victorious also does kick back a lot of the stuff, uh, give you guys exclusive opportunities, uh, exclusive interviews, uh, the message boards. Uh, they do tailgates and things like that that they organize for the members of Florida Victorious. So it isn't just giving them your money and just hoping that it, you know, it blossoms. Uh, it's not like sending money to a TV preacher or something like that and just hoping. <laughs> there are there are things that they do for their Florida Victorious members uh, as far as uh, – I know there's shirts and there's stickers and there's buttons and all kinds of things that they send you, koozies, car tags, et cetera, uh, for being a member. So so check that stuff out, too. Uh, I'm not sure how the tiers work anymore um, since it's changed over, but uh, there are things there for you guys as well that they do kick back to you um, for being a Florida Victorious uh, donor and a member. So so check them out with that um, and, and keep helping support the, the Gator athletes because at the end of the day, Without them, we're not watching anything on any time. There's no basketball. There's no football. There's no baseball. None of that. So um, support those kids because at the end of the day, that's really what matters is making sure that the uh, the kids are taken care of for all the sports, the softballs, the track, the swimming, uh, the golf team, national champion golf team, might I add, 
Uh, so, so just, just make sure you guys are, you guys are watching those guys too and taking care of them and really understanding what this is really about. Um, you know, this isn't going in, you know, Billy Napier's pocket or the people in the Florida victorious are not taking your money and buying boats and cars and things like that. This is going to help athletes. So, um, you know, I understand if you're a little wary of it, but you can be trustworthy. They, these are very trustworthy people um, that, that we both, me and Hirsch both have talked to multiple times. We know these people that um, they're not, they're not scamming you. This is really too, too better the university of Florida athletics. Yeah. They're a lot of them are doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Uh, like Nate Bar- Barbera, Nate, Nate's already got money. A lot of these guys already have money. They're doing this because they want to see the Florida Gators get to a higher level. Um, Jen Grosso, I know she works her tail off and she's a lawyer in real, in the real world. Um, right. And she's just doing this just, because, and she loves these kids, man. She talks about every time we talk about maybe getting a kid on the show or something like that. She just raves about, oh, well, he's does he's such a good young man. He he's a pleasure to talk to. She she really gets to know these kids, all all of them, and and loves what she does. She does it out of the goodness of her heart. I know they're supposed to be having a get together soon. Nate told me that. I can't remember if it was on air or off there. Um, for the baseball team like a meet and greet with the baseball team. And I want to say either the softball team or the gymnastics team. It's kind of a combo meet and greet for, for Florida victorious members. So that's something to be on the lookout for as well. Coming forward. If, if you're someone like CJ and you want to go meet all the baseball team, possibly get you a bunch of autographs right. of, of future in, uh, MLB players. <laughs> that's right. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode, man. We appreciate you, as always, for hanging in there with us through our rants and raving and um, excuse making. Some of you might call it, and that's fine. You know, that's that's what we're here to do, to tell all sides of, of the story and look at both sides of the coin. At the end of the day, man, we all want the same thing, and that's for the Florida Gators to be back on top. And we're all hoping that we can figure out what the missing link is to get there. So until next week, guys. Uh, Be safe out there. Be kind to each other and go Gators. Go Gators.